Welcome to the Pugilist Podcast presented by Hack Daniels Media, hosted by Mark Hack Daniels and Robert Meyer. We're bringing you all the fight action you can imagine. Everything you see, we see, we're bringing you commentary. Whether it be UFC, 1FC, PFL, Bellator, doesn't matter. If they're fighting, we're watching, we're talking about it. Thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy our episodes. Back on the Pugilist, dude. Uh, UFC 259 just happened. We, uh, I'm home from my little work trip. And uh, and I got to catch the fights. I've gone back and rewatched the early prelims because I missed them. I was on a plane, um, but I've caught everything else. So what's up, dude? Like holy. Uh, shit. Yeah, UFC 259 was a, a crazy, sh- crazy event. I don't even know how to feel about it. I guess because like a lot of the fights were really great fights. Yeah. Tons of finishes. I mean, you know, like the whole dude. The early the the early prelims for the for the most part, we're fucking barn burner. Yeah, a lot of people said the early prelims were better than the fucking rest of the card. Well, I mean, anytime you know, any you know, anytime young hungry fighters come in and they finish the fights and they don't leave anyone in, they leave it, they don't leave it up to anyone but themselves. Like you got to be happy with that. Yeah, one uh, Tim Elliott was the only decision on the 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 early prelims, and then you had a late third round submission. Gotta love that. Did I you like see Jake what happened? Matthews. I love Jake Matthews, but a late third round submission, dude. I'd love to see people still trying to finish. I think it's awesome. Yeah, that's, that Sean Brady kid is. Uh, he looked good. Yeah, he's someone to really, really watch for. He's like Jake, he's Jake Matthews stud. isn't a slouch, dude. No, he's not, not at all. No, that kid is dangerous, you know. Yep. Yep. So he had I went some, back uh, and yeah, I went back and rewatched that. I mean, to be honest, though, unfortunately, none of these early prelims are of really any consequence. I guess, like, um, I don't think any of none of them are really people you're going to immediately see like climbing in with a number next to their name, like anytime soon. You know what I mean? No, I mean, Tim Elliott's always kind of been up there, you know, he's, uh, as far as flyweights go, I mean, he's a, he's a name in that division. Um, did you see what happened in that fight? What's that? Did you see what happened in that fight with him and, uh, Espinosa? Uh, I guess nothing really stands out to me. I watched it. So, so, and, and I don't know which round it was, but, um, Tim Elliott was on top there on the ground and he was kind of pounding out, Espinoza, and then Tim started talking to him. Apparently, somebody on Facebook or Twitter or some social media platform contacted Tim and and said that Espinoza was uh, like a, a woman beater. So as Tim is raining down punches on him, he's asking him like, "Do you beat women and shit like that?" And uh, oh, Espinoza, okay. yeah, right. they're talking back and forth. I'm not sure that I actually. I guess I wasn't paying attention to that in the actual fight, but I saw some of that on social media dude yes yeah people posted it online that's fucking crazy yeah and you know espinoza was like you know you don't know you don't know the whole story you don't know shit blah 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 you know you know well nobody's just nobody knows yeah i know here's the here's the deal so i i think sports have to pay attention to this most notably like we've seen it in the nfl i think was one of the biggest ones and then we saw a little bit in baseball and basketball you know these things domestic violence is starting to come uh sort of the forefront but the thing is like like some of the fighters that you that have notably had domestic incidences are like outside of the ufc already and then like greg hardy is the one that they brought in but his shit was like in the nfl right so i i think a lot of people get sort of second chances but we haven't seen an active fighter that i know of actually be charged with anything yet uh we've yeah, seen I think the ufc does a pretty good job of of kind of phasing those guys out we've seen uh, Ost- rachel ostovich was a victim of domestic violence mm-hmm. uh with her ex-husband or whatever but yeah we haven't seen an active fighter that i know of uh be a suspect of it right so i'm curious to see if the ufc follows up on that you know if like as an organization like sort of like other major sports do yeah i don't know um 
let's look at Jordan Espinosa. Well, Jordan Espinosa, he just dropped his second second fight, and he's he's one and four in his last five, so he might be getting his walking papers. But I, I thought I thought that was an interesting uh, little thing to point out during that fight. Well, I, I mean, dude, so martial artists at large are not the types of people that would engage in that type of behavior. You know, they are generally, as fighters, generally very protective of the people that they're around have far more discipline and character usually if they were brought up in traditional martial arts. Right. So it's sort of a big deal. Yeah, man. I don't know, dude. I, I might go back and rewatch that whole fight. That's pretty interesting. Tim Elliott rarely ever puts on a fucking dull fight. So, you know, I don't think you're, you'd be hurting yourself if you did. He's an exciting fighter. I, I, wonder, I, I must, him. Maybe I didn't, maybe I didn't watch that. Maybe I didn't catch it. I don't know. I'll have to go back. I'm going to have to go back and watch. I feel like I, I wasn't, I wasn't able to watch the early prelims. Um, I think I, I started watching right at the end of the first prelim um, yeah. fight on ESPN after Kai Kara France won. Dude, Kai Kara France, bro. Let's talk about him for a second. Like, that dude was getting mauled. Was he? Yeah, in his fight, he was getting mauled. And then, like, the guy had it back control forever. And then just he just pounded him out. <laughs> like, like out of nowhere. Like, I, I started to like Kai Kara France during his ultimate fighter when they did the champions to fight, you know, Tim Elliott was on the same season. Yep. yep. He just came in and just blitzed that kid. He was like six foot tall and just knocked him out. Uh, and Kai Kata France is not like a big dude, uh, but you know, he's, yeah, he's a great fighter and he was just hanging in, man. And then he knocked him out with five seconds left in the first round after basically being controlled the entire time. I love oh, guys that can, I just love fighters that are like never out of it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's and it's rare to see the little guys, the you know, the smaller weights. Like you don't see a ton of finishes that fly weight. Not, not you know, knockouts. No, you know, aside from submission. So uh, it's an in- interesting. He's a good kid to watch. I mean, he was the favorite going into that fight, <clears throat> not by a lot, but I like him. I like to. See, I just want to see where he goes. I know he. I think he's dropped a couple though, so I don't know his whole record off the top of my head. Um, he's he's doing pretty good in the UFC. I mean, he's going to make a little run. Going into that fight, he was coming off a loss, uh, like a submission loss. Um, you know, but he's. I don't know. He's like four or no. What is he like six and two in the UFC or something like that? That's solid record. No, he's doing he's doing good. Yeah, and he's young too. He's twenty seven. Like. The, you know, he's got a lot of room to fucking grow. Yeah. So you didn't see the Joseph Benavidez fight? No, I, I did. That was the first fight that I okay. that I got to watch. Um, not, not, I think uh, I think old Joey B is probably uh, probably time for him to move on, man. Dude, he's. I mean, t- as far as like fighting top guys in the division, he's not. He's not doing too too good. Well, those two uh, losses to Figueroa made of uh, Figueroa made of really like really changed his whole. Aura, you know, yeah, they may they they probably but took some some years off his life. Well, he's definitely getting up there in age. And then this Askar Askarov kid was he's good. I mean, he is good. So he's a. I mean, looking at him, he's a creepy fucking looking guy. Yeah, hundred like, percent. Yeah, he he. When I look at his face, I get kind of weirded out. Um, definitely something offish about it. I, I I feel like he might could potentially be a serial killer. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I mean, if he wasn't <laughs> if he wasn't an MMA fighter, hundred percent, he'd have a body. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he might already have a body count, um, but he's he's a very scary uh, flyweight. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious though. Uh, Megan Olivia is uh, Benavidez's wife, so there's like a foundation of relationships with the UFC there. Little curious, yep. kind of where that goes. How you know? I've for her, dude. She's had to watch her husband get his ass kicked the last three times because she's like there every time. Yeah, I was going to say the exact same thing. Like she's a, she deserves a medal for maintaining her composure. Easy. 
Yeah. No, not at all. That could not be easy. No, and especially like she had to, I, I think she had to interview somebody after they kicked the shit out of him. It might have been Figueredo. Um so yeah, so the second time that he lost, um, she wasn't she wasn't doing any work. It was on Flight Island. So she actually wasn't commentating. I think she was she was just there. Um the first time she did, the second time she didn't, and then this time she was commentating as well or doing her initial like as they walk yeah. and stuff. So that cannot be easy, man. No, to to have to interview a guy after they just kicked the shit out of your husband, that'd be so right. so strange. I mean, I kudos no to her for doing it. I had no idea they were married until I watched that uh unclassified. I mean he did he did good. She's a she's a looker. I nice mean, looking yeah. lady. Good for him. <laughs> Seems to have a good personality too. Yeah, good for good for them. Yeah, well she's 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 good at what she does, hundred percent. She knows the she knows the fight game, she knows the fighter. I'm sure having a husband who's in the game doesn't hurt, but probably yeah, probably not. Um, probably not. Song Yadong and uh, Kyler Phillips, man, not not really impressive. It's a three rounder, kind of whatever. I thought Song Yadong would be a lot stronger in that fight. That dude had a lot of momentum coming in. I mean, he was Song had just beaten Marlon Vera, who's tough as fuck. Yeah. Um, you know, he went to a draw with Cody Stamen, but he was undefeated in the UFC. Um, going into that fight and super and Tyler, dude, I'm way high on Chinese mixed martial arts, man. To be honest, like there's some really good fighters coming out of China right now. Just yeah, they've, they've got some momentum right now. Obviously, having a having a female champ is a big step, but I mean, some of these some of the men, which haven't really been a thing before, are really starting to creep into the rankings. You know, do you remember when the UFC did the Ultimate Fighter over there and they had Kung Lee as one of the coaches? I do. I don't. I don't. I don't know that I watched it though. Yeah, when, yeah, they started, I when they started branching the ultimate fighter out and doing the international stuff, you didn't always have access to it. No, but Come like the guys who won, yeah, that dude's awesome. The guys who won the show, like they they had they had no promotion in the UFC. They they may have lost like their first couple fights out of the ultimate fighter and then then they got cut. I mean, that was like a, a total bust for an ultimate fighter season. Huh. I get, you know, why they did it. Um yeah. but it didn't well, any, turn out too you, well for dude, those guys. Dude, any sport right now that can get into a Chinese market, they're going to. It's it's the biggest market for growing sports. Like golf is doing it. Basketball obviously is basically owned by China. Um martial arts has obviously been huge, but to put them on a stage like the UFC, I mean, if you could tap into that market, you're crazy not to, you know? That's a lot <laughs> of fucking people over there. So I don't know, man. I wasn't. What do you think of Dominic Cruz? Did you watch that fight? I did. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought it was uh, a good a good performance from Cruz over a tough uh, young guy. Um, I didn't. Th- I didn't think it was a split decision. I thought Dominic won all three rounds personally. Yeah, I I, I had Dominic winning all three. I think too. I'm a, um, yeah, it was a little surprising. It was a split decision. Dom's Dom's fights are a little weird though. Right. Uh, I mean, they, they they don't call him the decisionator for, you know. Right. Well, no I mean, reason. it's just, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if, like, judges know how to, like, watch him fight. Because he's yeah, probably not. just all over the place. You know what I mean? Like, but, dude, everybody's everybody's pissed about judges. But they don't ever seem to change anything. Like, I don't know how much influence they have on, like, changing, you know, the. Well, well, well it all comes down to the athletic commissions. The athletic commissions have to be the one to, to voice, you know, to make the effort to make change. The UFC can't do it. Yeah, they, know, can, they can try and influence I mean, them. You know that you know that people are watching what Dana White says, though. And, and yeah. usually Dana White's a pretty legit dude. Like, he doesn't. I've never really known him to have like a garbage take on anything. If he thinks the judges are fucked up, generally speaking, like they're pretty fucked up. Like they suck, you know? Yeah. And like, and if they're good, he'll say they're good. Same with the refs. Like he's not afraid to say yes or no on either circumstance. So it's weird, man. I just feel like um, some, something needs to change or they need to be, you know, if you're pulling from the same pool of judges that would do like boxing or kickboxing, like I feel like you need to get them in some seminars or something and educate them on what's happening. Something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it, they've been saying it for years. The ten point must system, you know, doesn't really apply to mixed martial arts because MMA is such a diverse 
a diverse sport. You know, it requires a different yeah, way mean, to judge how fights go. He was um, Dana was really pissed. I can't remember. I don't know if it was the. It may have been the Blockowitz uh, Adesanya fight, but they handed out some 10-8s and shit. Like, I didn't see any 10-8 rounds in any fight that I watched. You know, uh, yeah, I like, think I uh, yeah. was like, 10-8 is a fucking ass whooping. Like, you're, you're getting mauled. I didn't see anybody just straight get bludgeoned for fucking, you know? Yeah, like know. a 10-8, a 10-8, if you want an example of a 10-8, it's Gray Maynard and Frankie Edgar, uh, the first round in their in their second fight. Yeah. Or that, like, that should, that's say, a 10 round. Let's say, let's say Megan Anderson and Amanda Nunes, their first round would have went the distance, probably would have been a 10-8. Yeah, probably. Just kept, you know what I mean? If it would have continued, it would have been a 10-8. It yeah. was basically a no contest. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, dude. It seems a little crazy, like. Yeah, that's definitely an issue in the sport. I don't know if it'll ever get addressed. You know, I think the the way I kind of look at the way that the athletic commissions work, it's kind of like a, it's kind of similar to law enforcement. You know, you get like a seasoned cop in law enforcement who's been doing the job for 20 plus years. He's kind of maybe complacent in his ways of doing things. He's not willing to kind of change, but the department's just kind of like, uh, just kind of let him do his thing. You know, he's a day shifter. He's going to retire soon. I, th- I feel like the athletic commissions kind of feel the same way with, with some of their employees. And they're just kind of like, well, if they're not doing anything egregious, just fucking, you know, let's just try and keep this fucking boat floating you know that's fair yeah i mean i guess commission businesses are it is, you know it doesn't make it right it just fucking kind of is what it is yeah yeah I, i'm sure over time as in everything i think um, over time people will uh just as the general populace becomes more educated and gets into these sports it'll it'll change yeah who knows um i you know i hope so there's been we've had a lot of shitty calls in the sport and uh yeah I, I don't like seeing the the wrong guy winning um and, and you know, and the the fighters deserve to to go to the scorecards and to have a you know the right decision read. You know, Dana always says, "Don't take it to the judges' scorecards. Don't you know? Don't finish yeah. your guys. Fucking tap them out, knock them out. Blah blah blah." Um, but the reality is that when you're competing at such a high level, like you're not always going to be able to do that. So you know, fighters need to be comfortable going the distance. Yeah, no, I get you it. Know? Obviously, Dana White, as a president of a fighting promotion, <laughs> yeah. wants guys to get finished. Obviously, as a fan. I want to see guys and gals get finished. I don't want to see, um, yeah, because I don't like to see judges fuck them over. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I understand like, you know, fighters eventually are going to go to a decision, right? I get it. (laughs) It's necessary. It has to be present. But when you understand like sort of the status of some of these judges, you're like, man, I don't want to see anybody get fucked over though. So that's really where I'm at with it. I get it's reality of the sport, but you just hate to see the wrong person, you know, possibly win or when it's so obviously like a unanimous decision where a guy just handedly beat a dude and it winds up split because some judge just looked at it totally weird. You're like, come on, man, really? You know, it just doesn't even make sense sometimes, but I mean, it's part of sport, man. It is what it is. I mean, none of the judging and refing and all these things are, it's not an exact science. It's impossible to be perfect. You know, and we all, we all can sit from our sort of position on our couch or wherever the fuck we watch these fights and have a different opinion. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I wonder what would happen if like the UFC for one event, they got rid of the athletic commissions and they gave every audience member, like this is like say COVID's all done, done with, they gave every audience member like a little, little keypad and they could press one for one fighter and two for the second fighter. And if if, sick would that be, if a fight went to the di- to the scorecards, you know the audience members got to put in who they thought won. And so I would just add this the- layer. I would just add this layer in there. If that was in Japan, I think you'd get a shitload of honest answers, regardless <laughs> yeah. of who they cared for, right? In the yeah. state, I'm not so sure, bro. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of fanboy bullshit going on, right? Well, I mean, well, I mean, it's just there, and it's also. Um, the level of martial arts edu- education isn't necessarily there. It doesn't mean they don't go to the see or watch the fights all the time for entertainment. 
that doesn't mean they understand like the nuances of all the, you know, like it's not my favorite thing, but I could watch a jujitsu match for hours because I get it. You know, I understand most of it. I see what's happening. Not everyone can do that. Right. That's the reality yeah. of it. So I get what you're saying. That'd be sick if we could do that or, you know, actually, I think that that would honestly probably be one of the worst fucking decisions that a, a fight promotion could ever do. So I, I, I don't, I don't think I like that idea anymore. Well, I mean, how <laughs> Can wild. you just imagine like these drunk fucking shithead fans just like, yeah, I don't know how, you know. How, would you, how would you control that? Half of them would accidentally hit the wrong fucking button anyway. Yeah. How yeah. would you control yeah. that? Right. There'd have to be some kind of control mechanism or like a certain percentage of the crowd. Right. Like had it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know, dude. I don't think that would actually help anything at all, though. So yeah, but the other thing is, like, it would be—it would literally be impossible to get rid of the judges and the commissions because where would you fight? You know, uh, there's so many fucking layers and rules to this shit. Like, you have to have yeah, the on board to be able to fight inside a state. So, but do you, if you're on if you're on tribal land, do you have to athletic commissions oversee that? I have no idea. Probably not. I think probably in order for them to be regulated as pro fights, they might have to. Well, because yeah, so that's how it may be, but that's how they used to circumvent California. Yeah. Uh, and actually, to come to think of it, though, I don't think they ever did that in uh, in New York, to my knowledge, at least not professionally. Because you think, right? I mean, if they, if they could pull that off, the UFC could like find their own way to judge fights and bring in their own, you know, experts like former fighters, guys like Chuck and you know, yeah, Forrest Griffin, you know, retired dudes that that know fighting. Well, I mean, you're seeing that on the commentary side, right? Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it it, uh, it obviously it obviously adds a layer to have guys. You know, you have former NFL guys. I mean, every sport does it. Yeah. We, need more, we definitely. Need more of that you know yeah so yeah man i don't know i mean problem is some of them just aren't very good at it <laughs> like at least the commentary side the judging side i'm sure they'd be better but yeah i don't know man yeah going back to Cruz though um i mean where do you th- where do you think dominant goes from here i don't know dude i really don't know i mean i didn't i didn't see any obvious options like i mean you know i don't even, i didn't even know who casey kenny was until dominic fought him and then you know dom went in there and underdog so like i don't even know where most people he doesn't even have a number next to his name anymore he was out again for you know he's injury prone he, he tends to take long layoffs i mean the dude dominic cruz is a huge name in the UFC, and I think he's only had like eight or nine fights. Yeah, I thought that that was really weird when they were, when John Anik, I think, was you know, you when think? Dominic was coming into the cage, he, he basically said, Dude, like, Yeah, this is his eighth fight, but he's had like a ridiculous amount of like crazy injuries. Where, yeah, to be honest, like lesser fighters probably would have retired. Yeah, I mean, he had a four year fucking layoff, you know. I don't know where Dominic Cruz goes, I think he continues to do commentary and probably just fights for fun, but I don't know that we see him like back at the top, you know. He, he, he had a good fight against this kid. But I mean, it didn't. It didn't scream to me like he should be in a title fight. No, no, I, I think that division's too stacked right now to just give Dominic. There's too much. Actually, you know, we'll talk about this in a little bit when we get to the title fight uh, between Aljo and Yin Yan. But that division's fucking crazy right now. Yeah, I'd say so. All right, well, yeah. let's keep moving here. Uh, Tiago Santos, Alexander Rakic. I mean, that was a good fight. You know. Uh, <sighs> decision santos didn't seem like his normal self though i expected him to uh be a little more aggressive and i I think both fighters fought pretty cautious um i would i would say that i i had a good on this overall across this card including my espn picks i had a great run on this one did you i picked a lot of winners so but yeah Yeah, it wasn't overly exciting i didn't uh I wasn't too hyped, you know, when the when the fight ended. I didn't, I didn't think it was that that good of a fight. Now the the Makachev Drew Dober fight was good. Oh yeah, uh, that was real good. Super good performance from Islam. Very surprising. I I did not expect him to kind of manhandle Dober the way that he did. Dober um, still Dober still looked good. But yeah, yeah, dude. I'm he telling just, you, this Makachev. You know these dude these Dagestanis are different. You know they really are. I mean, there's you know they're coming with a style that people just haven't quite figured out yet. 
you know, but I would imagine it'll be like anything else when they do, they'll start clipping these dudes off, but yeah, you know, their wrestling is just sick. You know, I mean, I don't know, dude, their fucking pressure is just insane too. Like the, you know, I I think we were talking about this, the last podcast too, when like Islam watching past fights of him, when he gets on top of you, like his ground and pound is extremely calculated, like no reckless, reckless punches. And I mean, these guys just, um, like they're honed in these Dagestani dudes when they come into the octagon for the most part, like they are just fully prepared for everything and they know exactly what they need to do and they execute it near flawlessly. It's, it's crazy to see. Yeah, no, they're, they're probably, I would say in total, in, in a totality of fighters as like a group or from a region, probably the most disciplined fighters out there right now. And you know, it's funny, like eight years ago, you didn't fucking even, nobody knew where fucking Dagestan was. They didn't, no, you know, there I, wasn't anyone coming out of there. It was, it was, uh, it was just sort of the regular, I say regular Russians or whatever, but just more Russia proper, if you will. Not you little know. did we know they're building these, this army of fucking silent killers, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's, there's a shitload of them right now. Yeah. And even guys that like aren't affiliated necessarily with Khabib, um, but are from that region are, you know, well, look at, look at Kamzat Chemayev. I mean, we haven't, he's, a, he's an insane stand up fighter. We haven't even really seen him on the ground. We don't no. know what wrestling He's a Dagestani, right? Yep. From no, there, he's, I, he's from I, I don't Spain. know if he's, yeah. I don't know if he's Chechen or I think he's Chechen. Is he? Yeah. Where's, where's Chechnya compared to Dagestan? It's probably close. Uh, let's see. He's, yeah, he's, uh, he's from Chechnya. Is he? I thought he was Dagestani. Yeah. It's a fucking beard. It's those beards. The, the Muslim. Some guy beards sweet yeah that explains why he's so much better on his feet yeah man getting getting all that that mat work in with those swedish uh stand-up dudes well there's yeah any out of that northern that nordic region out there they're they're all kickbox yeah um, i mean he trains with you know gustason and uh lear latifi and that that crazy fucker uh raza madati yeah uh, yeah I, hopefully he gets healthy and we'll see him but yeah it's not makachev man that's a guy we're gonna have to watch yeah there's some shit going on after that fight too some guys are i think tony called him out and maybe something with rafael yeah. Markachev called Ferguson out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Markachev still doesn't have a number next to his name, so well, he, he wants he wants to fucking smash faces, you know. Yeah. And, and he can. He's I think he easily could. He's not a huge lightweight though. Like he's not he's not even as big as Khabib. It didn't seem right. No, so, dude, I've I saw a picture of Khabib a couple days ago. I have no that that dude is a fucking massive man. He looks like he's like two hundred pounds when he's not trained. Like oh, uh, he's weight. bigger. Yeah, he's he's for sure bigger than. Um, he he! I saw a picture of him standing next to Usman. He's not as big as Usman, but they were both not at fight weight. So uh, Khabib is bigger than I thought, but not quite um, welterweight size. You know what? I, like I don't think um, I I legitimately don't know that Khabib is big enough to go up to like a one seventy and and do the two title deal. I think he'd have to know. go down. I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him. It's possible. I don't, dude. There's no way. There's no way he can make one forty five. You don't think? Fuck no, dude. His head, like two of my heads, equal his head. So I mean, I'm just saying, looking at him looking at him next to Usman there's a considerable size difference right so I mean it, but we saw that in the main event we, we, we can talk about that a little bit too but yeah uh, Makachev, is somebody, Makachev is definitely somebody we need to watch yeah man that guy's gonna be yeah, I don't know he's he could you know just be the the next Khabib that's yeah, I mean, it it surely seems to shape up that way yeah yeah that's all right dude looking. so the the one that ultimately wound up stealing the show was uh Jan and Sterling yeah this this fight definitely uh overshadowed the two other titles fights and and the you know like the light heavyweight main event i thought jan put on an amazing performance uh, you know i thought it was probably the defining performance of his career um but it's all completely overshadowed because of the fuckery that was Eljamain sterling and peter jan yeah so i thought the first uh three rounds were trash personally something about peter peter jan just didn't seem like he could get off he was you know he was piecing up aljo i think aljo 
was all right. I don't I don't know if he picked up a round or not, but it, I I would have had Peter you know, probably three to none going into the fourth and, and cruising to a victory. Um, I don't know, man. I didn't care for the fight even before it happened. I didn't think it made sense personally. I didn't, I wasn't super hyped about it. Um, they're both good fighters, but what a fucking shit way to end the fight. Now I would say though, whatever, ha- like I clearly heard the ref say down, down fighter. Yeah. Like it was obvious. And then he fucking mm-hmm. need him in the face anyways. Like clearly, in, un- clearly intentional. Oh, I think he, you know, he got bad corner advice. I think th- he put out something. Peter put out something that was like one corner, corner guy said, don't throw the knee. One guy said, throw the knee and he threw the knee, you know? So my question is, I didn't hear their corner say it. So that were they probably saying it in Russian? I'm imagining. I, w- I would assume so. Cause I, I don't, I don't think he speaks uh, much English at all. Yeah. I mean, but the other thing is like they get briefed in the locker room. Yeah. I know know there's a heat of the moment thing, but like most people are highly cautious anytime a fighter is even remotely down. Right. So I have a lot of issues with what happened in this fight, though, because they they talk about these unified rules that are not so unified because it'll change from state to state. Now, obviously, Mm -hmm. they've been fighting in Yaz Island quite a lot, a little bit in Florida and in Las Vegas. So I don't know exactly if the unified rules follow those, but it's it's the unified rules whether they adopt them or they don't it specifically with down fighters it could be confusing so i mean i don't know if that's something they need to unfuck or what and that goes back to kind of the commission talks that we were we were talking about the the rules are slightly different but they get briefed every time so honestly man there's really no excuse and peter yan like owned it he said yeah like i fucking threw the knee but i thought there was quite a bit of acting on aljamain's part I'd rather just someone said like, yeah, it was an illegal knee on the fight. Call it what it is. No need to see him like acting weird, you know, crying and saying, oh, I'm not going to take the title this way. And then, then flashing it all over social media after a little, little awkward, you know, I don't know, man. I think yeah, there's, they there's need to look at the rules. I, you know, I don't know. I thought, um, I guess my take on the fight, I thought it was kind of strange the way Al Jermaine came out and started fighting. He was throwing like an insane number, like the pressure that he was trying to put on Jan was, was crazy. Like his, his striking looked kind of, kind of weird. It was, it was real kind of loose and kind of loopy um yeah i thought yes. going into the fourth I mean, round that yeah and and he his output was so high that yeah by the time they got to the fourth round he was fucking spent i thought peter was clearly winning the fight going into the fourth round um i i refuse to think that he uh i don't know i i don't i don't think he threw the knee um thinking that eljo was down you know i think i think he thought he he just took bad quarter advice yeah i think he well, probably i don't think heard from i mean corner. yeah i don't think like he he threw the knee therefore the knee is intentional i'm not yeah. saying he did it he did it like because he's a dirt intent. bag yeah he's not yeah. a dirt bag yeah. right he threw an illegal knee i mean it is what it is like if you do it on corner advice or you do it because you're just in the heat of the moment it's still an illegal knee it doesn't change the rules the biggest issue i have is the the not so unified rules right so different states can call it different different ways they either adopt it or they don't so we need to clear that up if you're going to be a, you know the nba plays under one fucking set of rules the nfl plays under one set of rules like unfuck that and then also yeah. take a look at okay so so peter yon makes a mistake it's a dq take his title but don't award the other guy the title what the fuck did he do to win the title you know oh just make just make the belt vacant vacant vacate the title and then have him immediate rematch i think that'd be fair what a horse yeah, you know what a horseshit way to win a title you cannot I tell don't, me that aljamain sterling's the fucking champion can't you know no so I, so I guess i don't i don't have a problem with peter getting dq'd i don't have a problem with aljo being awarded the title um i do have an issue with what aljamain does now because if i were in his shoes i would i would be under the uh, impression that nobody is going to take me seriously as a ufc 
champion unless I give Jan a rematch and beat him convincingly. Like that's the only fight that should be on his mind right now is an immediate rematch with with Peter Jan. And uh, because this is his opportunity to you know show that okay the first fight was full of fuckery but I can beat this guy and I did beat this guy. Yeah, you know right. that's the way that I stand. You know yeah. and yeah. I saw I saw Eljermaine talking about a couple other fights on Twitter. You know some tweets I don't know he said something like somebody else can get her or some uh, shit. Yeah I know so initially he said we'll do it again and then and then the next day or whatever when he was parading around with his belt um you know he talked about doing another fight it's it's peter yon or it's nothing you gotta yeah, look I, yourself but that's my point that's my point with why i'm saying don't award a title you know i just don't i don't know man i would take a i would take a harder look at that if i if i could i don't know if those then the fight has to the fight would have to be a no contest then because if you know if you win via dq you're still the you know even if it's a disqualification, you're still a winner. Therefore, you're you're entitled to the rewards of winning that fight, right? Right. It would have to be. A, is John Jones an undefeated fighter? Not not officially, no. Yeah, te- you have to say technically no, right? Yeah. Technically, I can't stand that shit. Like, that's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's just like you you got a guy, John Jones, never even been, never even really. I think the closest he's ever come to losing is probably the Gustafson fight, maybe. Now, Reyes and Tiago Santos, man, I think both those, you could make an argument they, that both those guys beat him. Santos, maybe not Tiago Santos. Reyes. Reyes, definitely. Reyes, okay, so Reyes, Reyes is probably the most arguable point you could probably make. Gustafson was, you know, whatever. Those are probably the most competitive fights he was ever in, but he, but he won them. You're telling yeah. me that because he threw some weird ass elbow against Matt Hammond or whatever the fuck his name was that he's, he's a lo- he's a one-time loser get out of here that's all I'm saying I mean yeah no 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 I get it all the shit he was putting in his body you know rather than <laughs> fucking rather than actual losing I don't it's just weird to me I don't see how yeah. you could um yeah I don't know it's weird to, uh, it's it's weird to award a title a championship belt and all the shit that comes with it you know to it is I, you know it would have been interesting though and i don't know if this ever crossed Algermain's mind but like immediately after the fight's over and he gets the belt wrapped around his waist what if he took it off and said i'm vacating this title and he immediately vacates and then you've got a vacant title on the line you know well i mean you think would, if he would have done that you think that what you think that would have uh well i mean he took the belt off and threw it on the ground but then he was he did instagram picks and shit with it you know so it's like but what do you- but, but Algermain, he's taking a lot of shit online right now yeah because he started parading himself around with a belt i mean a lot of people are picking the do whole, you think whole the community is blowing up over yeah i know that's all that fucking ariel hawani and luke thomas and, and all these other journalists are, are talking about i mean and, you know and, and the one thing too is Algermain's out giving fucking interviews man if i were him i would i would be shutting the fuck up and just worrying about what i can control because you, when you're out there and you're talking to all these fucking journalists shit's gonna get twisted clips yeah. are gonna get no, made just, uh, yeah sign the, sign the contract for the rematch man yeah you know that's the only thing sign that i think he should be rematch. focused on you know i don't i don't think aljamain sterling should have had to compete or continue to compete based on you know an illegal knee because you know that was a pretty bad illegal knee yeah um so I don't, i'm not really happy with the way that they brought people in to like try to unfuck the fight or whatever but i don't agree i don't know man i would take a harder look at how they award titles in those circumstances you know no contest or dq or whatever yeah, there might be some change that comes down the pipe because nobody wants to, yeah, especially the UFC fucking president. He does not want to see belts change hands in that manner. Yeah, here, I just want to I want to um, add that Aljamain made like 230K for that fight initially. Yeah. And you know what Daniel Cormier was saying is like, hey, if he wins the title, the next time they sign the rematch, it matters because then he'll get pay-per-view right. Sure. So hold, holding a title obviously means you're going to make more money. So it's yeah. a little lucrative, but, and I'll tell you why that, what Aljamain made compared to what uh, the rest of the champions made is important. But actually, I never even saw what Megan made for that fight. Yeah, I, I mean, there's going to be repercussions from the Peter Jan Aljamain Sterling fight, I think, for a little time to come. 
for sure. I, I, you know what? I think it all the all the power is in El Jermaine's hands right now. Like he's the one who can dictate how this ends. You know that he's right now. He's writing his story. It's it's not starting out good, but he has the power to change it. If he comes out and just says book the fucking Yan fight, I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna school this dude, and then he comes out and does. Yeah, how nuts would it be if he comes out and clips him and fucking just takes him out? That'd be or I mean, fucking grinds him out for 25 minutes. You know, yeah, and outworks him because he has the fucking skills to do it. He, sure. I, I don't know. I don't. I'm gonna keep my mouth shut regarding how, whether or not I, I think that he faked it or not. Um, I'm not saying that. I don't necessarily want to say that he faked it. He was obviously hurt. He probably churched that shit up a little bit. I don't blame him, but I don't agree with the whole situation. You know, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't want to. I'm gonna be pain like i don't want to see a title fight and like it's a fucking title fight you know what i mean the implications of that fight are so big you know i we did both pick aljamain and i would tell you that i switched my pick on the espn pickums and i put peter and uh, that was one that i dropped otherwise i'd have had it right on, a, on such a random ass fucking dq think about how all the bets went too i wonder how what they do with the bets on a dq or a no contest yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know I have no idea. No idea. We'll see what but, happens. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's going to be super interesting to see what what Aljo does. Um, Aljo, book the fight, my man. Got yeah, it. Fight. It's Peter, it's Peter or bust. I'd I'd honestly love to see him, you know, rematch Jan and then come out and just smoke him, you know, and then and then fucking get the belt raised above his head and you know scream, "I'm the real fucking champion," or you know. Well, I, don't dude, know. I don't care about either of these fuckers. I do. I wasn't excited <laughs> about this fight, regardless. Not now. I'm annoyed that I have to be interested. I think, man. I think this sells. I mean, this is this is this is a great fucking narrative for for what well, is now. It is now, yeah. but going into it, I, I I just didn't I didn't uh, care for the fight, and it made sense jazzed. to me why it was it was one of three title fights, and it was the first one to go because it just didn't didn't add up to me. But it was I was good. super pumped about it. I like I like both guys a lot. I like Aljamain a lot. Uh, I mean, I'm just being real, man. 135. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah it's not really a, a, a area that I've ever really focused on, aside from Cody No Love, and then yeah. then he dropped a couple fights, and then you find out that the guy who beat him was a drug cheat. Like honestly, those narratives bother me, you know. And I just stopped paying attention to that weight class, to be honest. Like, uh, it, I hate it when a whole weight class is marred by one guy who was drug cheat, you know? So yeah, no one, yeah. It's annoying. Super annoying. <laughs> but, I mean, Amanda Nunez and Megan Anderson was a great couple minutes. <laughs> like, it. I told you that fucking Amanda was going to come out and the lioness was going to reign supreme, man. I, t- I, I know, told dude. You. Yeah, so obviously <laughs> that's not something you couldn't look at, right? You had to be, if you're being honest with yourself, you have to say 100%. I thought Megan was big enough, more of a true 145er, and I, I follow her, I watch her stand up, I think she's well coached. Um, I don't know if she can handle the big stage like that, because she just didn't look right at all. And Well, I've, a fucking Amanda's just a marauder, dude. She just yeah, came no, out. She's, yeah, she's like, special. You, you have Amanda, no time to, you have no time to to brace for anything. She just, she blitzes, you know? Well, yeah, and, and when she hits, she hits hard, and she hits accurate. Like, Dude, there's spiders saying like Amanda. I, dude, Amanda could probably beat Peter and Aljo. She's a beast. Like she's a bad woman, dude. Yeah, she is. You know, I and you know, here's here's an issue that I have though. She went in there and did her business right. Two minutes made Megan Anderson look like, like amateur. Like didn't even Megan didn't even look like she belonged in there with her. <laughs> um, so arguably, maybe she didn't. She's a champ, champ. She's the only fighter in mixed martial arts history to consecutively defend two belts. How much money yeah. do you think she made on that fight? Uh, I'm I'm hoping she's she's making I don't know a couple mil at least. Four hundred ninety grand. She got paid for that fight. That can't be true, is it? Yeah, no, hundred percent. And then probably pay per view rights. So it's an untold amount of money that she would have got, right? 
Jan yeah. Blockowitz got paid like 540. Izzy got paid 640. I don't know what, UFC, I don't know what Megan made. They need to, you know, I don't know what Megan that's, made, but it probably wasn't a lot. Aljo got paid 230. But you're telling me that Amanda Nunes is doing something that no mixed martial arts fighter, gender aside, has ever done. She's only making 490 grand a fight. You know, I don't yeah, know, that's I don't true, know man. That's, that's some horse, that's some horse shit. Well, I don't know if that's like a contractual thing prior. I don't know how all that works, but look, mixed martial arts has been notoriously behind boxing as far as money for whatever reason i don't i don't know all the business side of it uh surely at this point she should be making more money than that i don't know if it's a gender thing i don't know if it's a contract thing i'd like to know more about it um i kind of got an issue with that though yeah that seems way too low man considering all she's done um, i'm not, I'm not talking about i'm talking about amanda nunez i'm not talking yeah. about all other women fighters that's not what i'm trying to say here i'm talking about fucking amanda nunez who is now likely one of the greatest mixed martial arts champions if not the greatest ever no one has ever even come close to doing what she's doing consecutively defending in two weight classes is unheard of and you're telling yeah. me that she's not making that kind of money, man. Come on. I don't know what to say, but Amanda should, uh, should be getting paid big time. Like that, that woman should not have to worry about anything. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and again, there's pay-per-view money involved there that will not, we will not know until down the road, right? They get a certain amount of percentage or whatever. I'm not sure how that works. Sounds like that's what champions pull. Um, it's no surprise that Conor McGregor was the first MMA fighter to walk into the cage, having made a million dollars or more for the fight. Obviously, he pulls those kind of numbers. He deserves that kind of money. Um, but if there's another fighter out there just based on resume alone, that should be close. It's got to be Amanda, in my opinion. So it's just something I want to understand more. You know, I want to learn more about it. I don't, there used I don't to be a website that, uh, what was it, like MMA payout? I wonder if that's website still around. Well, I'm not there sure. I mean, certain, some, not every place that they fight is required to disclose how much they make. Yeah. So uh, Vegas may be one. And I just saw it. I just saw it, it was like a quad. It was like a quad thing on uh, Instagram, maybe. I don't remember exactly what account was pushing it, but you know, and again, uh, maybe some more research on my part to verify exactly what you make. Look, dude, 490 or 500 grand for two minutes of work is fucking nothing to scoff at, but we're talking about, you know, people talking about her being the greatest champion ever in mixed martial arts. You know, yeah, she is. I mean, you can't deny that. And it's not like, it's not like she became that when she beat Megan Anderson, she was that before she went in that arc. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> and to be honest, dude, it sounds like the women's featherweight division is dead. Like, I mean, I don't know who else, you know, Megan well, Anderson. Fucking, she's off the UFC roster. Well, she she just went to free agency. So who else? Yeah. Uh, who else fights at featherweight? You know, Jermaine, Felicia is there, but yeah. they could do it. But I don't know, man. You've got Jermaine, you've got Holly, you've got Felicia Spencer, and that's really it. But they're not all of them. They're not necessarily true featherweights, though. No, exactly. Um, so I mean. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't really see the need for Amanda to continue to to fight at featherweight. I, I I think that maybe right now the best thing to do is maybe close that division down and just let her focus on on bantamweight. Yeah, there just aren't enough women out there. You're yeah. talking about you know what is she gonna you know beat fucking cyborg again? That wasn't even a contest. No, you know there's like Julia Budd who fights in Bellator. You know, and she was the former Bellator featherweight uh, featherweight champ. Um, it'd be kind of cool to see the. I mean, Bellator has some pretty good female featherweights, I think. Um, but I'd like to see someone like. Julia Budd come over in the UFC and fight Amanda, even if it was like a cross promotion type thing, which I know that the UFC would never fucking do. I don't but, think they'd uh, ever. I surely don't think they'd ever do a Bellator. But yeah, a cross promotional thing would be amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Julia Julia Budd um, is probably like one of the, and she's a big featherweight, and she's a she's a pretty fucking good featherweight too. Really good stand up. Um, I would I, I'd like to see that fight if possible. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe it'll happen. I wonder does Megan. So it sounds like the UFC is not going to resign her. The way, at least the way I was reading the um, the post she was making, she'll shop herself around. It sounds like to go make some money somewhere else. 
It sounds like Bellator pays fighters pretty good. I've never paid attention to exactly what they pay, but well, they don't they don't have to deal with all that Reebok bullshit. They can have their own sponsors and whatnot. So you know they can go out and and get twenty sponsors to put on a pair of shorts and get a shit ton of money from that. Um, yeah. So you I, were asking. Remember, we were talking about Reebok or Venom. Venom's coming uh, end of or early April, I think they come. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to see. And then there was oh that's that reminds me, dude. There was some weird shit with Dominic. Cruz and the monster guy. I want to read into that a little more. That's I don't even know what that was about, but that sounded interesting. Yeah, it's kind of cringy, kind of kind of weird. I don't know. Awkward. Yeah. All right, man. What did, what did you see on the so Jan and Izzy, man? It was a great fight. Yeah, man. I thought. I mean, for me, I, I'm emotionally invested in in Jan Blakowicz. I Why? because I watched him when he fought in KSW. I love love watching him fight in KSW. I was super pumped to see him coming to the UFC. Um, I just I don't know. He's just one of those guys that you know I gravitate to for whatever reason. Um, I like him. I like his story. Seeing like him, that he, you know, came in and kind of wasn't whatever kind of light heavyweight, and then he changed everything and became a champion. Yeah, he but. has a, a fucking wonderful story um, as far as his you know MMA career goes. Um, yeah, I, I was nervous for this fight because I wanted him to win, but I, I knew how dangerous Izzy was. Um, but I was very surprised at how how calculated Jan was in his in his striking and his game plan. Like very little uh, reckless behavior. He wasn't swinging and you know swinging for the fences trying to knock Izzy out. He fought a very tight fight. Um, yeah. The the things that I I noted mostly I guess were when Jan when Jan would would land something like he landed good strong fucking shots like yeah. very direct. Um, I don't know if he necessarily hurt Izzy at all, um, but they were they were fucking. He was landing just like good, solid shots throughout the course of the fight, and the takedowns obviously made a huge fucking difference because Izzy didn't know what the fuck to do um, once he got taken down. Yeah, so my take on it is Jan is not like the greatest light heavyweight we've ever seen. I love him. I love Polish mixed martial arts. I think I love that that region is getting some attention, both male and female. They've had great fighters in boxing. They have a long history of having really great fighters. Um, but I would just say that Israel Adesanya was clearly too small for light heavyweight. That's a big leap. You know, we're going to see champ champs at some of these lower weights. When you're talking about 10 pounds, you're not talking about a massive difference in frame. When you're talking about 20 pounds, um, you're talking about a huge difference in frame. And like yeah. when we saw when we saw Anderson Silva move up in weight, you know he was fighting like a Forrest Griffin or whatever who wasn't really at the top of his game at the, you know what I mean and always had sort of a bit of a suspect chin after some of the wars that he'd been in so Izzy doesn't belong in light heavyweight man I think he needs to just destroy the the middleweight division and be happy with that in my in my opinion yeah I don't know if Izzy coming up right away and fighting the the champion in his first light heavyweight fight was the the wisest thing but I, I mean no, I understand you the champ versus I mean, champ it was also he only fought he fought at 200 pounds he didn't even you know he didn't even yeah try to make you know any changes in his size he just he just I don't, didn't yeah any I don't really think the size issue is is much of an issue when when the fight's contested up on the feet but the minute that Jan started grappling and got him onto his back it was immediately I mean, apparent it was immediately yes. apparent you know yep. so you got to be you got to be big enough and ready for it to go anywhere so and I just think Izzy's too inexperienced on the ground like he just you know he doesn't he just doesn't know enough um uh, in order to I mean he he did enough to to not get fucking tapped out or, or pounded out or anything like that but he didn't he didn't have enough uh, experience in knowing what to do how to position his body in order to you know get a switch and and get up or, or yeah, just right. get to you know a more advantageous position yeah i mean is he's a is he 
is a striker first and he's always going to be a striker first and there's nothing wrong with that but he definitely uh his ground game is not where i would like to see it um maybe with some more training and and if he tried to work his frame out a little bit more you know i don't know i don't i don't know what it takes to get a guy big enough to be able to make those two weight class but 20 pounds in the fight game i think is a lot so yeah i think he should not just even talk about what that doesn't even that doesn't even demonstrate yet what you know jan was fight night you know he would have he surely would have rehydrated and put some put some more weight oh on. sure yeah yeah i don't know man yeah jan looked great though you know and uh he clearly was like pissed you know he took it personally like you don't believe you know he's telling dana white like you don't believe in me you know this is <laughs> that and the other like and and i think that's fair right no yeah 100 percent um, it was fair for him to feel that way they even even like the commentary between rogan and dc you know i think that they were slightly favoring izzy being a little you know i, I don't know if i'd go out and say that they were biased but they were definitely showing a little uh, bit of favoritism yeah, there were, no there were definitely people that said that they felt joe rogan was biased this time yeah i mean you know they're just the hype machine is real. The hype, you know, when you buy into somebody's hype and Izzy had a ton of fucking hype, especially coming off that, that Paulo Costa fight, which was so, you know, highly anticipated. Um, you know, people saw Paulo Costa as this fucking stand-up striker, you know, stand-up guy that Izzy just ended up tooling, you know? And I think that they thought he was going to replicate that against Jan. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm super fucking pumped for Jan. I, I love that he won. I love that he was able to defend his title. I love what's coming for Jan, the fight between Glover. Um, honestly, I, you know, I know both guys, guys are a little bit older. Jan's 38, Glover's 41, but both are on extremely good, solid win streaks. You know, I think it's without a doubt the best light heavyweight title fight um, in, in quite a while. One that I, at least personally, just because I think it's good. I think it's going to be a barn burner. Yeah, yeah. Glover. Right. All right, man. So let's, uh, we spent a long time on, on the pay-per-view. So let's talk about this one coming up this weekend. I'm trying to get my computer to roll over to the next event here. Let's see. That is uh fucking Leon Edwards and Bilal. Remember the name Muhammad. Yeah. So let's, we'll run through, we'll run through our picks and we'll do, uh, we'll do some quick, just some quick talk on who we think is going to do what. So hold on. I'm getting the card up here. Um, I love that Bilal Muhammad's got the balls to step in out of nowhere, but. Hey man, that's, that's a Chicago mindset, man. That dude doesn't give a shit. That's, that's Midwest representing, man. He's, he took that fight on, I think just maybe over or under a month's notice. Oh yeah, he's he's rolling in. And but he's he's got you know he was uh, doing an interview a couple of days ago and and he was just you know he's got momentum behind him right now, ton of momentum, and that's that's fuel uh, that he's going to carry into that octagon. Whereas Leon Edwards is you know hasn't fought in what almost two years. Yeah, it's been a while. So I'm yeah, looking at the, I'm looking at the prelims on this card. There's not a ton of people on here that I really know. Ronnie Yaya is a name that stands out to me. I haven't seen that's him. an old name. Yeah. I'm really I'm super happy though that the Angie Hill and Ashley Yoder fight got rescheduled. They uh that one that one got canceled. Somebody one of the corners popped for COVID. So I'm yeah, I think it was Angela Hill's corner. Yeah, so I'm gonna she's a high favorite there. Yoder looks Angela good. Hill. That's gonna be a good fight. I gotta think yeah, Hill probably probably takes that one though, huh? Yeah, I don't know. She's uh, Yoder's good though. Yoder's really Angel- good. Angela seems um, sometimes kind of hit or miss. Um, Lately, she's been she's been running she's been running pretty hot. Uh, she's not a two fight skid. Is she? Yeah. I, I, I thought she won her last. Time. No, she she just lost she lost to Michelle Waterson in uh, September last year. That was a loss, huh? But she's had a series like she had a she had a three fight win streak not too long ago. Um, you know where she she had two stoppage wins. Like she, I mean, she's a she's a good fighter. Um, yeah. But I don't know what what bringing a two fight losing streak into a fight is. 
you know, does to somebody and, and Yoder has, uh, you know, she's coming into that fight off of, a, off of a win. So I don't know. That's an, that's an interesting fight, um, between two, you know, yeah, kind of up and comers. I'm going to stick with Hill. Who do you, who do you, who do you think? Uh, I think I'm probably going to go with Yoder. Okay. All right. Eric Anders, Darren Stewart. I don't know. I don't know that Darren Stewart immediately stands out to me. He's the favorite. Anders is spotty, a little streaky. He's been put away a couple times, hasn't he? Uh, former Alabama linebacker. I mean, I know he's lost uh, a few fights in the UFC. I don't know if he's been put away. I I feel like most of his losses were probably decision losses. I I don't, I don't remember seeing him get stopped um, too many times. Just at a glance, I'm going to go with Stewart on this one. (laughs) I got to look up Darren Stewart. Oh, the dentist. Oh, this dude's fucking scary. Some of his stoppage wins are uh, pretty, pretty nasty. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big, oh no, he's not. He's not. He's only 5'11". Oh, these guys are middleweights. Yeah. Shit, I don't know, man. Uh, I'll go with Eric Anders. Manel Cape's coming back. Uh, short turnaround. Yeah, short turnaround for him, huh? He's fun. February, I guess he really wants to get that UFC uh, that first win under his belt. That's that's kind of inspiring to see. I like that. I like I like guys that want to get back in there. Uh, I like hot turnarounds. I think momentum matters, man. And then and obviously they're not in and out of camps where they get lazy in between, you know. So yeah, I, I, got, I like the Nell a lot. Cape. He looked good in his last fight. I'll take Cape in that one. Yeah, he lost, but uh, he he looked pretty good. I think I think I'll go with Cape too. I don't know who this other this Nikolau kid is. He uh, fought in the UFC for a little while and then left and then fought out in outside promotions. And I think this is his like return fight. Okay. Um, I don't know how. <laughs> that long a, that has a nice little. That has a nice little layer. Yeah, yeah. He uh, well, he fucking left the UFC after one loss, a fucking pretty bad knockout loss though. He got head kicked. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll stick with Manel. Okay. Uh, I don't know these other. I don't know these bantamweights. Jonathan Martinez, Davy Grant. They don't immediately stick out to me. They're not ranked. Uh, Davy Grant was a competitor on uh, the season of the Ultimate Fighter with um, Ronda and uh, Misha Tate. Okay, wow, and that was a while he, ago. Yeah, he made it to the tough finale. Um, really? Yeah, and then he got he got uh, choked out by Chris Holdsworth. Um, okay, fair enough. This kid, Jonathan Martinez, is a heavy favorite, minus three thirty five on uh, the UFC website. So really? Yeah, I'll go Martinez. I, I don't. Well, I, they're I can, fight, so can, neither of these guys stand out to me. Uh, I, I mean. I, can, I guess I can see why Martinez is, is favored. You know, his last fight was over uh, a win over Thomas Almeida, who is no easy fight for anybody. Um, I like Thomas. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, me too. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. He was on like a fucking 21 fight win streak before he met Cody Garbrandt. And then after that, kind of his career is taking a turn. Yeah. All right. Uh, Danny Gay, Gavin Tucker. I feel like this one was a, this is a run back too. Uh, I could be wrong. But. This is, this could probably, this is probably going to be one of the better fights on the card. If not the best fight on the card. Yeah. I like Ige though. Ige's, yeah. Ige's, both guys are the shit, man. Fighter, man. I like both dudes. Um, they just, they come in, they're fucking hard hitting, just tough sons yeah. of bitches. So this, Gavin Tucker looks like a fucking serial killer. So um, I'm looking at his picture right now. And like he, he definitely looks savage as fuck. Danny Ige looks like if you put glass, Glasses on him, he could be your local librarian. But I know he's a fucking that dude's a savage too. So I got yeah, man. I got Ige. He's ranked. It's interesting. He's been fucking with this fight because Dan Tucker or Gavin Tucker's not. He's not even ranked. Ige probably just wants to stay active. I hate it. I kind of hate it when these guys do this. Well, fucking uh, Gavin Tucker's coming in with a lot of fucking hype behind him, a lot of momentum. Um, well, maybe I mean, you know, if if Ige knocks him off, it sort of solidifies him as a like top, give me a top five kind of fight, you know? Oh yeah, no, if Ige wins this fight, like that's this is this would be a big big victory for for Ige, and especially coming after that, coming off that lost to Calvin Cater, um, those two had a really good fucking fight. Yeah. Um, but I think I don't know, man. I think kind of kind of lean towards uh, Gavin Tucker. Okay, I like it. Could you go with Ige? Yeah, I got Ige. Misha Sirkinov, Ryan Span, both ranked. Uh, Sirkinov, this is light heavyweight, number 11, Ryan Span, number 13. 
Yeah, yeah Ryan Spann's a scary, scary dude. Um, yeah, he sure is. And up until his last fight with Johnny Walker, he he had some supreme uh, momentum behind him. Serkinov's not a put. I've seen him fight. He's pretty good. Serkinov, he's had a, a kind of a lackluster UFC career. I think yeah, he is. Yeah, he came in and he won his first four fights and then he got stopped by Volkan and, and Glover and then stopped by Johnny Walker. So he's been knocked off by sort of the guys that are moving into the top five, right? So Yeah, like the, the top of the division, he's um, he's lost to. You're right, though. Span, Span's pretty nasty. He just ran into some dudes. Same same kind of same kind of situation. Like, yeah, so that, that Johnny Walker loss that he has, like, he got knocked the fuck out like brutally. That, that was a crazy wild fight it, it was short it, it only went one round but and i think he hurt johnny really bad like pretty much knocked him out on his feet and then johnny just i don't know turned it around and ended up knocking him out um i like that dude i like ryan span though span as an underdog though i kind of like it yeah yeah i like it too i'll go with span all right dude so i'm actually super excited about this uh main event um i don't care for leon edwards i just feel like he i don't know what his deal is i like active guys i don't know why he was inactive what the issue was um but i fucking i love Bilal muhammad just stepping the fuck up out of nowhere and like getting ready to come in and clip this dude off he's a and and i like Bilal as a as an underdog too yeah yeah um i think the reason why edwards was uh out for so long um partially because of covid and then there was all that shit with hamzat that that was supposed to happen and right well so obviously covid if you were already on kind of a weird delay obviously covid could have ex- extended that right especially yeah. especially with some of the international fighters and then the the Hamzat Chimaev fight they've scheduled it a couple times and it got canceled and then this time it got canceled again because of covid um but i, I love Bilal muhammad coming in as a fucking underdog off a good win in his last fight ready to clip this dude off yeah i how, What's what's the betting line for that? Uh, so the UFC website's got him at 265. Uh, Edwards as a favorite, Bilal at plus 215. I mean, if I was telling people to, you know, if you wanted uh, just a shot at making a little money on an underdog, he's probably my favorite underdog on the whole card. I, th- I think it's weird that Leon Edwards hasn't fought in almost two years, and he's still listed as the number three welterweight. Whereas Bilal's at what 13? Yeah, and he's highly active. Yeah, super active. I just yeah. think that's that's really really weird. Uh, no, I think this has all the makings for for Bilal to come in and, and really steal the show and, and put himself like if he beats Leon like he's right fucking there you know he's he's right up at the top oh dude he's st- he can steal so much rankings yeah yeah this I is this guy. is I like just, dude, I just say I admire guys that are fucking willing to just risk it all and be like fuck it I'm healthy let's go you know yeah I'm 13 yep. I want to be number three I'm gonna fight number three because the opportunity presented itself You've got to love fighters like that. That's yeah, that. it seems. Power. Yeah, he's you know love that dude. He's not wasting any time, man. He really wants to fucking get in and uh, and make something of of this run that he's on. Um, I just feel yeah, I feel like dude in this little little COVID stretch, man. There's some guys that are really taking advantage, and then there's some guys that are totally comfortable laying back, man. Well, yeah. I don't know if this is who's laying back. You know, I feel like you know with Leon being away for two years, although he hasn't been fighting professionally, like you know he's been he's been training hard, right? So like I'm fully expecting to see like. Like a very much a, a new and improved Leon Edwards, and and I think this is going to be a, a very tough fight for Bilal. Um, but I think it's one that he could definitely definitely win. Yeah. So, do you believe in like ring rust? Uh, I think it's I think it's um, unique to the to the individual fighter. I don't think like I think some guys get it, and I think some guys don't. Yeah. Well, I guess we don't know about Leon Edwards because we haven't seen him on this big of a layoff. I don't think, at least not the UFC. No, no, I don't think so. He's been pretty active.
active up until this, you know, this last run. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. Um, it's got the makings, you know, for a non-pay-per-view, it's got the makings for what could potentially be a super exciting main event. So if nothing else, you know, the, the last two fights, uh, last three fights, I'd say, are certainly going to be fairly exciting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it'll be a really good card. Um, I'm looking forward to it. When, when is that? It's not, uh, it's on Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah. 6 p.m. Uh, looks like the main card probably starts. At- no, I'm. I think this is Bilal's moment to shine, though. Yeah, I'm with you. Dude. You know, and if he and if he gets through, then uh, we're gonna see him. You know, fighting guys like Wonderboy and Masvidal, and maybe maybe Nate Diaz, or who knows, maybe something could happen, and he gets thrown in with uh, with Usman. Right. But he did come out uh, when he when he did that interview. I think either today or yesterday. Like he really fucking hates Colby. Oh, does he? Yeah, like he really fucking hates Colby Covington. So. If he beats Leon, that that'd be a, an interesting fight. I think uh, you know I'd like to see Bilal's personality come out a little bit more, and I think he's you know having that kind of Chicago uh, mentality. Like yeah. I think he can probably talk some good shit, and I'd like to see see him do it. Well, he could do it in a couple languages too. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's everybody, a lot of the reason for his animosity towards uh, Colby. Colby Covington, man, he's you know I don't I don't I don't know I don't love him I don't hate him, um, but the fucker's smart because he's put a target on his back and he doesn't hold a title, so he's put himself in a position where there's a ton of good fights, you know, so you gotta, you gotta respect that at least. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't care for Colby's uh, antics, but as far as a fighter, like I, I'll, I'll die on this, on this. So I think he's one of the toughest welterweights to ever step into the octagon. Like, I, I mean, I don't disagree. You know, I mean, you know, he's one of those guys aside from Usman, he'd probably have a pretty serious title run. And for a guy he, like, he doesn't look physically imposing. Like he's, he doesn't look like a big welterweight. He's not fucking shredded like Woodley, That's, you know, yeah, like for sure. he's, he's not, he's not gigantic at all. I mean, no. I I don't know what he walks at, but I'm, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he could push the limit and possibly get lower. I feel like Colby could be a, a lightweight fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. like we'll guys. See. I don't like guys devastating their bodies like that, though, to be honest. I like them. I like I personally like them fighting closer to their, their weight. their natural. Sure. Weight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. I don't know, dude. I think Mohammed's uh, Bilal. Remember the name Mohammed. I love I love that, too. Um, that is a good name. A good yeah, nickname. I just think he, I think he's prime, dude. I think he's prime for an upset here. I, I hope for him too. Like I said, I don't, I don't hate Leon Edwards. I just, I don't necessarily care for him. You know, you know, the one thing about Bilal too, like stylistically, this, I don't think this matchup really favors uh, Leon all that much just because he's such a, I mean, as far as I know, he's more of a stand-up fighter. Whereas, uh, yeah. whereas yeah. Bilal I, is. Dude, I thought Kamzat was going to come in and just, just absolutely rape Leon Edwards. Like it was like, I thought it was just going to murder him. Yeah. That, that would have been a good fight to see. So uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Who are you going with though? You're going with Bilal? Yeah, I'm I'm on the Bilal Muhammad train. Yeah, me too. Okay. Me too. That's it, huh? Yeah, man. That's that's the card. Yeah. Uh, it's, what mean, do you well, go? Let's, uh, I want to just go back to UFC 259 real quick. Um, so what do you think is next for Amanda? Fuck, I don't know. I it's got to be a 135 fight, I would think, unless they can go out and get a fighter from another promotion, but. Yeah, let's let's assume that this is going to be at 135. Okay, so after the fight, Juliana Pena called her out. Juliana Pena wants that fight really bad. Now, Juliana's coming off that really good submission win over Sarah McMahon. Yeah, but I don't think Pena... I don't know that Pena really deserves that fight. The other thing other that people were talking about is Valentina, a third fight with Valentina, even though Amanda's already beat her twice. That doesn't make any sense. No, I, I totally agree. I do not want to see a Nunes and, and no, Valentina. Valentina. Valentina just needs to own the 125 pound division, dude. Let her let her fight there. Yeah, I want to I want to see the Juliana Pena fight. I think I'm not saying that's not going to be a good fight. It'll be a good fight, but I think Nunes wins it. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I think we'd all be kind of stupid to <laughs> say Amanda loses any fight. You know. 
know, um, the way she's well, I, Yeah, no, I do. There just isn't a single girl or woman out there right now that I know of that can even, uh, that is even close, you know? Yeah, I mean, and we've seen like, Amanda have Amanda, trouble on the ground. Amanda is holding two titles and she seems like she's still getting better. Like that's the, you know, that's mm-hmm. what I think you have to keep talking about. Um, she's not just like going in there and she's going in there and devastating people. It's not even close. You know, yep. I don't even remember the last time she was in a competitive fight. Uh, Probably Valentina. I mean, and that was the, in you know, like 2017. Like I think she's got like four losses. I wonder who those people were. And when those well, she Amanda, she got beat by Kat Zagano. She got beat by um, uh, Alexis Davis, and that was in Strike Force. Her first UF, her first and only UFC loss is to Kat Zagano, who now fights in Bellator. I think. Well, she's obviously not even close to the fighter she was back then. And Kat Zingano is a good fighter, but no, yeah. And Amanda, Amanda early in her career had some conditioning problems. She, she usually faded out by the third round. Um, she also uh, had she also had a lot of issues physically in her sinuses. Remember, she even she even had to pull out from a fight. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, she had uh, she had a bunch of nasal shit. Um, oh. She had to actually pull out of a fight because she couldn't fucking breathe. Apparently, oh. I don't know if she went and got surgery to fix that. Dana White was pissed. He's like, Amanda Nunes will never headline another fucking fight ever again. No and shit. Like, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, it was a bit, it was sort of a thing. And then, huh. she, and then she went in and just started wrecking people. So I don't know if she got that addressed or fixed it or what, but I mean, yeah. I don't know what happens with her, dude. Um, I don't, I, you know, the sad part is like, we haven't even seen her. Like, I don't think she's done getting better. So it's like, I mean, I don't want to see her retire. What, do you, what, you know, that what a wasted career, but I, you know, at, at this point, if Amanda decided to fucking hang it up, I, I you know, well, you couldn't be mad at it. You couldn't be mad at it. There's nobody else. There's nobody left. Yeah. yeah. You know, but then, I mean, at the same time, what I thought was like, Amanda, you know, it it's insane to see her and Nina like with a baby and it doesn't seem to have impacted anything like that can't be no. easy. Well, if anything, no. it made fucking uh, Amanda more of a fucking savage because the way she came out and just murdered Megan was, uh, was insane. Yeah. I mean, I, I like seeing, I like seeing though, other fighters in the division, girls like Juliana Pena, I like seeing them make these vocal callouts, wanting the to wanting to challenge themselves against someone who is just a bona fide straight killer. You, you oh, I love, I mean? yeah, no, hey, hey, don't get me wrong, I love the callout, and I've always had a lot of respect for fight for people. Dan Hardy being one of my favorite and first who talked their way into uh, getting a high title shot because they had so much supreme confidence in themselves. Conor mm-hmm. McGregor's another guy, you know, he got himself uh, some title shots probably way early. Uh, Cody Garbrandt, you know, some of these guys that are able to stir up enough juice to get themselves into these into contention based on self-confidence. I love that. Um, but otherwise, resume doesn't say that Juliana Pena owns that fight, you know? Um, no, no. But no. but there's nobody left. There's nobody there's nobody else left. So you're not even yeah. talking about what they've done. You're talking about people now who could possibly, who maybe has a certain stylistic uh, characteristic or whatever that could potentially cause a problem. The thing is, like, Amanda seems to be able to figure that shit out and work it out. Or they, you know, whatever that little problem is, they never get a chance. So, yeah, yeah, dude. But That's I love, what I think is probably going to happen next, though. I think it'll be the next fight. But I love I love that Amanda doesn't even talk about, like, hanging it up or anything. Like, no, man, she seems... She seems publicly, just, publicly yeah. she's never even considered it. So, at least she's it's never even been brought up. So... You know, whether she fights at a hundred, I don't care. I just, I just hope she keeps coming back. Yeah. Did you hear that? Speaking of Dan Hardy though, did you hear he got like shit can from the UFC? Yeah. But I think there's more to the story than what we know. Yeah. Apparently he was involved in some kind of incident with a female on yeah. Dan's Island and they, and they yeah. can't. Yeah. 
But but, he's, but he's still working for BT Sports. No, he got fired for them too. They both fired him. Really? Yeah, he got canned by both. So uh, there's more to the story, and I think he's gonna fight it. He's gonna fight it. Sounds like he's gonna fight it. So um, I don't know legally what he's allowed to say. He's been a little reserved, uh, but he's not. You know, he's not laying down. So huh. yeah, I like Dan Hardy. It was, it was unfortunate because it seemed like he was hinting at possibly coming back. Yeah, I don't know if that'll happen now, huh? No way. If they're not gonna let him commentate. They're damn sure not gonna let him play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know okay. what's up with You know, you know, it is what it is. It, you know, the truth eventually will come out. Everyone seems Hopefully. to be a little. It's all. It seems to be a little tight-lipped. Like you know, a lot of people were speculating that it was Laura Shanko or whatever. I don't know who she works for specifically. I think she works for ESPN. Pretty blonde. You know, big big boobs or whatever. Like typical. Oh, she's on. She's on the desk with. Uh, yeah, like yeah but I mean, typ- yeah. typical like you know, commentator type media personality or whatever. You know, she's technically she's she's actually a pro fighter. You know, she has a pro MMA fight. Oh, really? Yeah. I yeah. have no idea, but yeah. she. Came out, she came out and said people are speculating and that it was me. It's just not true. So I don't know who the fuck it was or how it happened or what. Uh, yeah. Dan Hardy seems to be fucking livid and he's clearly going to defend himself. So a lot of time when these kind of things happen, you know, people are kind of guilty by not saying shit, you know. So we'll see. Yeah. I hate this shit for everybody, man. Especially, you know, if it whether you know, you just want you want every you want the truth or whatever to come out before um, you know, suspend him, don't fire him. You want the truth to come out before people jump to conclusions, you know? Mm-hmm. Like everybody, you know, we get information so fast. Um well that's how it is nowadays. You're fucking, you know, your society judges you before the facts fucking come out, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll see. That's Anything else? Something to, something to watch. All right, my man. Uh this is a, this is a good card. I'm not gonna say it's a sneaky good card because I think the writing's on the wall with this one. There's some potential to have some really great fights on this one. Yeah, UFC Fight Night Edwards versus uh, Muhammad live on ESPN March 13th, 2021. It's uh, taking place at the Apex in Las Vegas, so a little bit of a smaller, smaller cage. My favorite, the grapplers too, dude. So, th- so that's a that's an aspect that I think uh, me included haven't really been paying attention to um apparently that slightly smaller octagon actually has kind of a pretty decent impact on people man yeah i think so you know especially distance fighters guys that like to kind of stay at range and you know yeah. bounce in and out and stuff like that yeah i mean if, if you're trying to cut somebody off it's easier to fucking do in a, in a smaller you know environment dude i just want to kind of point out though that like the, the ufc is just absolutely on a tear as far as like stacking these cards bro oh yeah not too long fucking after this one you got Derek brunson and and uh, Kevin Holland fighting, which is a well, I mean, that, yeah, insane that's, matchup. That's March 20th, so I mean, it's just it's yeah, like every it's, every week, dude. Yeah, it's in fucking nine days. Holy shit! Oh. And then after that, you got fucking Stipe and, and Ganu two on March 27th, the nastiest heavyweight fight that Stipe will undoubtedly win. Yeah, guaranteed. It's, I mean, it's on. It's wild, dude. This has got to be. This will amount to be uh, probably one of the best stretches of mixed martial arts, at least UFC mixed martial arts ever. You know, a fight I'm looking forward to the most though, out of any like headliner that's been announced, it's Darren. Hill and, and Martin um, Marvin Vittori. Dude, is that not such a good fight? Dude, that is like as far as middleweight like uh, title yeah. fight implications goes. Like, love that fight. Oh, I I love this fucking Vittori, dude. This guy is like as far as like Italian MMA. There you there aren't too many like Italian MMA fighters that you hear about. Alessio Sakara had a nice little run back in the UFC, like you know, in two thousand what two thousand seven or something like that. Yeah, but after that, like there aren't too many Italian guys that are like at the top of the sport. 
Yeah, no, there really aren't. You're right. So I don't know where that, what the fuck, uh, what happened to Vittori or how, how he really came around, but uh, that dude is just slaying people. Well, I be, yeah, I don't know exactly where he trains. He may not train in Italy, though. Even Alessio Saccaro uh, trained in like Argentina or some shit. He had like no, a, Marvin you know, does fight out of Italy. He trains out of Italy. So yeah. that's even, I would say, yeah, so you're right then. That's even, that's even a little more unique. Yeah, dude. No, the UFC has got it. This is going to be, this is going to live up to be probably, and, and this is, we don't even know what's down the road, but this will be probably one of the best six month stretches of UFC. UFC fight cards ever. And we still have a Bellator light heavyweight Grand Prix in there, you know? Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah. We haven't even fucking begun. We haven't even kind of Bellator. Talk, hardly even talked about that. So, yeah. yeah, man, it's crazy, dude. What uh, what did you think about when you, um, I mean, I'm assuming you heard that Rose Namajunas is going to be fighting uh, Jay Lee Wang? I'm Wei fine with Zhang. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sort of would have rather seen JJ and uh, Wei Li run it back, but, you know. I watched that fight a couple nights ago, last night, actually. Yoana and, and Zhang again. It's a great it's fucking closer, fight. You know, I, I think you could make an argument that JJ won that fight. Um, good fight. It was a fucking it? crazy good fight. Excellent fight. Um, but I really like Zhang and, and Nama Yunus. I honestly uh, probably think that, I mean, right now I think Rose would win that fight. She's a big girl. She's tall. And she's she's just crafty, man. She's super disciplined. And, you know, I mean, the fact that she fucking knocked out Joanna, you know, and then beat her, what I thought was pretty, you know, decisively in the rematch. Um, yeah. Whaley, Whaley is, uh, she's super good though. Uh, she deserves to be the champion, 100%. So, you know, stylistically, um, I think we're going to have to see more of what Jane can do. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good fight. It's an interesting fight. She's I, tough shit. I, I mean, she's, it. yeah, I like uh, that they did. I don't care for, you know, mental, you know, for me, I should have more respect for Rose because she has like a lot of sort of mental health stuff. Um, and I, you know, I'm someone who's had to deal with some of that shit. So I get it. Um, but it seems to define her. You know what I mean? Like it's always an issue going into these fights and stuff. So hopefully she gets that shit under wraps and figures it the fuck out. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to, you don't, you don't always want to hear about a fighter constantly being mentioned like with their problems. I'd rather hear about all the good shit they do. So hopefully she gets it figured out, you know, and, and comes in clear, clear headed and, and ready to go. So yeah, I hope so. Because if she doesn't, uh, Zhang's going to do some damage. Yeah, no, she's she's highly capable of taking Rose apart. So I think I, I just feel like Whaley has more opportunity to win than Rose does personally. But yeah, I don't but know. Still, don't maybe know. some stuff we don't really know about Whaley. So. Yeah, I mean, we I, we haven't really seen Whaley's uh, her ground game. And, you know, I, I know if Rose gets you down and she takes your back, you're going to get fucking arm barter you're gonna get choked out yeah we haven't seen we haven't seen much ground game from any of the chinese fighters male or female yeah but But i think stand-up wise i think i think rose is um quite deadly on the feet um and she could pose some serious uh risks to to jang well yeah jang is smaller she's gonna have to fight on the inside and and rose is long Rose is real yeah. long for yeah. that weight class. For 115 yeah. pounds, she's way, way long, though. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm telling you, like, there aren't many bad, you know, other than, in my opinion, other than the Peter Yan Aljo matchup, I haven't really seen many fights recently that just were like, holy shit, this doesn't even make sense. But you know, you know what else is kicking off, I think, in April? So. PFL. It is coming, yeah. And PFL wasn't super relevant until they started signing big names like Pettis. So. Yeah, and they have a – yeah. I don't know I don't know if they're doing like tournaments or whatnot. I, I think they're calling them seasons. Um, so it's a, definitely an interesting uh, setup, how they do it. And there's huge bonuses out there for them. So um, it's – you know, it's a, I like the – you know, I'd like to – I need to pay more attention to it because – No, yeah, this is something unique. that I'm definitely going to watch more of. It's a unique brand, you know, so I like it. All right, man. Yeah, yeah we'll shut her down now, dude. I'm a uh, – I'm just stoked for there's just so much good shit coming, dude. It's crazy. It's hard to even keep up with it all. I know. But that's why we have Wikipedia, right? Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah, man, get your, you know, I'm going to actually this time, I'm going to, dude, I'm going to create a group and then um, I'll make my picks and then I'll send it to you. All right. That way we can see our stuff. And let me see if I can figure that out. And then we can put that out to the masses. So anybody else who wants to jump on the train and make picks with us, we can come do a little pick up. So. All right, sounds All right, good. Yeah, man. All right, dude. Uh, yeah, cool. I'll, uh, same, same deal, dude. You know, we'll be texting about it and then we'll be uh, podcasting about it.